Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And I have Zach Bird in the studio. How's it going, Zach? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Are we doing, doing voices? We're doing voices. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you for being on my podcast. Uh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I, You guys, Zach makes me pay him with sexual favors. That's what? his booking fee. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting this one off already. Can, <laughs> like, can you imagine if those were like our fun sex games? Oh, well, what? Like paying like, you for... Oh, I was a guest on your podcast, and now it's time for you to pay my booking fee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the mic. Uh, no, I don't like that very our, much. <laughs> all right, we won't, we won't try that. Well, I'm open to things, you know. Yeah, he's open to trying new things, mostly new foods, but also yeah. other things. Um, so before we go into today's topic, I have a couple updates. Oh, do you? Yes. Yeah. First of all, I want to say hi to Sarah. She's friends with Ben James. She's going through some shit right now, um, but uh, we we're here for her and we have her back because she's part of our pod fam. Yes. Hello, Sarah. Uh, any friend of Ben's is a friend mm-hmm. of mine. Agreed. Um. Secondly, I got an email from a gentleman named Adam regarding our episode about the Buddha Field cult. Um, because we did that one, you were on that one a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It involved uh, Speedos and Ray Bans. Oh, yeah. Um, so Adam wrote in to let me know that um, Michelle slash Andres. He doesn't live in Honolulu. He lives in a different city in Oahu. Um, But he, so I had said that he now lives there. And when he goes out in public, he wears a surgical mask and has a cane. Um, And it turns out there's more than one cult on Oahu. And that is the leader of a totally different cult. That's insane. I know. Uh, he's this guy named Chris Butler, and he is the head of a splinter group from the Hare Krishnas, and it's called the Science of Identity. And he's a germaphobe, which is why he wears the surgical mask, and he's also a homophobe. And uh, Adam sent me a bunch of links to articles about this guy and his cult, which seems fucking bananas. And so I think in the future we'll do a show about him. Fun. Um, okay, so that's that. Also, last update, I forgot to talk about this on our Mail Order Bride episode, which was kind of rushed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to add this addendum about, uh, George W. Bush and this legislation that he passed to protect Mail Order Brides. So there were a couple of high profile murders of Mail Order Brides, and it was, they had been brought over by men who had a history of domestic violence and um, there's more domestic violence and spousal murder amongst male order brides or like immigrant wives than the general population. And um, a lot of it has to do with um, these women, they come over here, they don't know who they're marrying and they don't know like the law, the culture, whatever. They don't have the same like resources, basically. Mm-hmm. They don't have family or friends to reach out to if they're being abused. 
So um, in 2006, George W. Bush passed this law called the International Marriage Broker Regulation Act. And it was part of the Violence Against Women Act. And um, basically, um, it involves men who want to go on a site to find a foreign bride. They have to submit to a background check and a public records check. So similar to what you have to do before buying a firearm. And um, <clears throat> they this background check and public records check... Uh, has to be translated into the woman's native language so she is aware of who she's marrying. Um, and also what it did was put a lifetime limit of two K-1 visas. So you, as an American citizen, can only twice in your life apply for a K-1 visa because it used to be unlimited and you could apply for multiple at the same time. And whichever one was approved first, that's who you would marry. Mm -hmm. so, and they called this the wife lottery, which it just sounds insane that it, it was legal to begin with, that you could just, you know, talk to all these chicks through all these different brokerage sites and then apply to fiance, all of them. Right. And then just whoever was approved first, marry them. Yeah. So um, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Well, there goes my plans, you know. You like making me sad. And I'm fine. sorry. I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds like a good thing. I would imagine the reason that the guys are more abusive in, in those instances is because they feel kind of even more like they own you. Yeah, they feel like their wife is property. Yeah. Because they, in a way, did shop for her. Right. They're getting these woman, women because they're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get a woman that's going to be subservient. And yeah. Yeah. And I assume a lot of these men have, listen, don't at me, but I assume a lot of these men have social issues or personality disorders that prevent them from meeting a woman in their city. Right. You know, like if you can't meet someone in your city, your state, your country who will find you suitable. Mm hmm there might be something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, especially since apparently these men tend to have higher rates of histories of domestic violence. And so um, they go to a foreign woman who they can treat like property and has fewer resources to get help if they are abused. Yeah. So um, fuck that and yeah. fuck domestic violence because um, it's terrible. Hot take on... <laughs> 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 sex drugs and spirituality yeah you know what racism is bullshit i don't care who hears it i hate it <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. uh but yeah no seriously um so anyways we got those out of the way and mm -hmm. i'm ready to talk about today's topic uh are you ready baby i'm so ready we're doing a show about methamphetamine um, and I'm the, the expert. <laughs> Zach is the resident expert <laughs> on meth. meth. And I've been on a few pedophile episodes, so it's just meth and pedophilia for me. That's what I bring. Uh, so you haven't done an episode on meth yet? No, we did an episode on cocaine. Oh, okay. Well, let, yeah, let's, let's do the meth. Okay, I have six pages of notes. All right, I'm just going to kind of hang back. I figured we'll talk about it and you can weigh in on if you think it's accurate or not. Sure. 
Um, sorry, my voice is scratchy, and I feel really bad for the listeners. Um, I'm sick as as well. I don't even know. You're not sick anymore. No, you just I've have just, a scratchy voice. You I've, just gave me whatever you had, and then. First of all, Zachary. Yes. It's not my fault that I was sick. I have a compromised immune system. I didn't say that. It was. I'm supposed to wear a surgical mask in public, which I do not, because I cannot bartend while wearing a surgical mask. And as a result, I got sick because people literally spit on me while talking when they're drunk. It's just what happens. Um, and it's gross. So you're the one who chose to kiss on me while I was sick. I know. Because you can't stay away from me. I just can't, so. God forbid he leave me alone. Yeah. He's not going to. No. But now my voice is scratchy because we had a really busy week at work, and I worked a lot of really long shifts where I had to yell. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so anyways, we're going to do a show. Mm-hmm. Sorry that we sound like shit. That's all right. Um, okay, so math was uh, discovered by a Japanese scientist in 1893. It is a central nervous system stimulant. It is also known to be an aphrodisiac and a euphoriant. Um, Crystal meth is a form of meth that looks like glass fragments or shiny bluish white rocks. Does that sound accurate? Yes. I've never seen meth in person. Uh, I have, and yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, So it is chemically similar to amphetamine, which is used in a prescription to treat ADD or narcolepsy. Um, But uh, amphetamine has, like, not a whole lot of negative effects, but methamphetamine, super bad for you. (laughs) Um, It can be done. uh, You can use methamphetamine uh, by smoking, swallowing, snorting, or injecting. Um, and it causes increased wakefulness, physical activity, decreased appetite, faster breathing, rapid or irregular heartbeat, increased blood pressure, and increased body temperature. Um, it has a short effect, so you like do it and then you crash, which makes you want to do it again, and then you crash, which uh, is what? like cocaine. No. That's not in your no, experience? No, that's in no one's experience. It doesn't have a short-lasting effect. It lasts longer than cocaine. Much longer. Like hours, right? Yes. But then when you come down from it, do you want to do it more? Uh, I guess depending on who you are. Because <laughs> um, the internet says there's a thing called a run. And that's when you go days without food or sleep and you yeah. just keep using it. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're... It depends on... on how you are you know some people if there was their first time there they would be if they're smart they'd be like well this is a nightmare to come down off of that was a a little bit of fun but this is fucking horrific yeah but um other people who are just like oh this sucks uh coming down i I just want to get some more (laughs) yeah from the people so you grew up in glendale so you've known people who used meth yeah. Um. From the people you knew, how would they use it? Like, would they take it on a Friday night and just do it once, and they're good for the night? Um, I knew people in high school that took would like snort it here and there, and I don't know. It almost seemed kind of casual. And then when I got 
out of high school and I saw a different side of it because I I did it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, so I got to see like some really hard like addicts and stuff. And yeah, people would smoke it. I knew people that injected it, uh, snorted it. Um, Seemed mostly people were uh, smoking it that I saw and they would if they were addicts yeah they were doing it like all the time so yeah they wouldn't so like a casual user might be like oh I'm going to a rave right let me take one hit of meth and then they're good for the night but an addict would do a hit and then as soon as they started to come down do another hit probably yeah okay yeah um So the way that it works is that it increases the natural amount of dopamine in your brain, or I'm sorry, the amount of natural dopamine in your brain. And dopamine is involved in body movement, motivation, and reinforcement of rewarding behaviors. And this is what makes meth so addicting is that because it's releasing dopamine, which is your reward center, it makes your brain think this is something good so like this you get a rapid dopamine release when you use it and that reinforces the uh the drug taking behavior because it's like yeah this is good right um five percent of the u.s population has tried meth at least once well i'm in a very special club i guess (laughs) i guess i didn't know it was that high uh as high as five percent yeah i would think higher no i guess it sounds right to me yeah yeah it's it's always sort of had a bad um reputation as it should but i think um for me coming up i i just don't i just didn't know much about it it was kind of i i was given it was advertised to me as sort of like cocaine like right we went to a pot dealer who we also got cocaine from and but he's like oh, i don't have any coke but this is better Okay. basically is what he said and cheaper and so um me two friends and i got like like 20 dollars worth between the three of us and we were like woo like off of one line yeah. like all night and then from then like it wasn't something that was always around so it would still if I, we were gonna do something like that we would still get coke but then i got a little bit more around it as it went on i, I learned more about it I guess maybe before the campaigns, you know, the faces of meth and all right, that, right. you wouldn't, it didn't have as much of a bad reputation before yeah. it went, before it became as popular as it is. And yeah. now you see meth addicts out and about right. and you're like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. But if you didn't know, like if you hadn't seen that, if you hadn't seen the billboards or the people, you wouldn't know. And, oh, and this yeah, is a bad I was drug. doing it with a lot of kids that I went to school with so it wasn't like amongst other you know my peers that it was like this nasty thing I think uh, not everybody even really knew about it but I think you know me and the people that I did it with it was kind of occasional for us it was like if we're gonna go out drinking maybe we'll get some of that as well and it, it just as sort of like a, like a coke like it would go with it yeah of. um and yeah I did I did it maybe a handful of times in high school but yeah um well uh so i read that users can engage in um continuous sexual activity for days because it's an aphrodisiac but it also inhibits ejaculation 
So people will just fuck and fuck and fuck. And there's a thing called party and play, which is it's mostly popular in the homosexual community. And it's like a phrase you'll use on a dating app um, to say, do you want to smoke meth and fuck all night? Is do you part? Do you want to party and play? Right. Um, that, it's really dangerous because apparently a lot of people who are into the party and play scene, um, they end up getting HIV because when you're high, like condoms don't, you know, right. come into play. Yeah, right. Consequences of your actions like aren't at the forefront in your mind when you're intoxicated. So usually the party and play scene is uh, condom free. And also, I guess a lot of um, guys who are on the down low. You're familiar with that, right? Yes. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, get with the program. (laughs) Living on the down low is when you live your life as a straight man, and these guys often have, like, wives and families, um, but they are homosexuals, and so they will have gay sex. And a lot of guys on the down low will party and play, and uh, they can get HIV, bring it home to their wives. That actually happened to a friend of mine's mom which was wild and really sad for her. Yeah, I can imagine. Because, yeah, you just, the thing about sex is it's all about, like, communication and openness. And so just thinking that you're in a monogamous relationship and then finding out, like, oh, no, not my husband is fucking everyone and he gave me AIDS. And if if he was doing it like you were talking about, he's on meth as well. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. They're hiding two secrets. He's like, all right, fuck, my wife can't find out I'm, smoking meth oh yeah or sucking dick (laughs) both those things are secrets yeah it's Uh, a lot living a double life is hard i guess i can imagine yeah it just seems like really stressful and yeah to the point where you shouldn't do it right it's almost as if you shouldn't do that (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, no judgment actually a lot of judgment a lot of judgment on the double life yeah um so most methamphetamine in the u.s is produced by and here's a new phrase transactional criminal organizations which is drug cartels yes um but it's they are called apparently transactional criminal organizations in mexico um and the meth produced there is pure potent and cheap yeah i'm sure well that's the thing is like meth is is like you said it's a lot cheaper than coke Mm -hmm. which is why and it lasts longer so that's why people like it yeah a little bit goes a long way um yeah, it was almost to the point where when I when I did it, uh, I was like, "Yeah, Coke, what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?" But it's so intense, though, that yeah, you'll be up for a day. It's just it's the devil. It's the worst. Honestly, it sounds like a bad time to me. I don't like anything that lasts too long. I don't want to feel too good. It eats holes in your brain. Like well, it. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get to it. Oh, but, we will yeah. get to it. It it's not good. Um, so but the sex stuff that sounds accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get real horny, but you can't come. Well, I guess you could, but then you could just keep going again. Like it was, I don't want to oversell it, mm-hmm. you know. But I, like to me, I would go out and drink, and I would be, you know, doing meth also. Yeah. But then, like, the fun part when I got home was like, okay, masturbation is gonna be, like fun more fun than usual let's just say yeah uh and yeah that was one part that i liked about it um yeah i was talking to an older gay gentleman that i know 
and I was talking about these people they came into the bar and like were clearly on meth like they had clearly just smoked meth right in the parking lot probably before coming into the bar and I was mm-hmm. like why the fuck like why the fuck did you do meth before coming here and he goes yeah why would you do meth to come to movies? you do meth for sex <laughs> and it's just funny hearing an elderly man say that <laughs> yeah um so it meth can be it, it, most of it in the US is made by the cartels um but it can be easily made in small laboratories with inexpensive over the counter ingredients they used to use in ephedrine um but they cracked down on that so now people use pseudoephedrine which is in cold medicine mm-hmm. um and apparently the toxic effects of the chemicals involved in production remain in environments long after the lab has been shut down and can cause health problems for people in the area which i did not know uh yeah i've heard that before so when uh, Walt and Jesse were, remember when they had the Terminator business and they would, when houses were tented for extermination, they'd cook in them? Yeah. That's not good for the people who live there. No, it isn't. We thought it was a victimless crime when we were watching the show. <laughs> right. It turns out not the case. Yeah. Um, also, there can be lab explosions. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Aside from the toxic chemicals. Um. Yeah, it just seems like a, a dangerous drug to fuck with uh in every way (laughs) i think there's like specialty companies that do the cleanup of meth labs after they're busted you know how there's companies that do crime scene cleanup right i think there's they have to get specialists in because they have to wear body suits and yeah yeah, it's super dangerous Um, and then when you think of the people who are actually you know distributing it not exactly the people that you would think okay this guy's a chemist he knows what he's doing you know yeah. it's like fucking hillbillies no it's well i guess most of it is in in comes from mexico though huh yeah yeah most of it comes from mexico yeah the weird thing is the so the the chemists who are into drugs like usually like the you know the underground chemists yeah. who are making drugs who are like are actually like really good chemists yeah they're more interested in um entheogens like they're psychedelics right and it it, that just seems to be like when someone's really smart with chemistry but they like drugs they go into that yeah and then if they care about money then they go into making the um like designer drugs the uh what do they call them the where it's it's similar to marijuana but it's slightly chemically different i forget what spice yeah but i forget what they call it when it's a chemical substance that's like similar but slightly different um uh, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't matter. It, right. I mean, it really, it does because okay. I do this podcast. <laughs> so I should have that I'm sorry, w- yeah. word at the forefront yeah. of my brain, but it's not there right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think most people who are cooking meth are just kind of doing it because they do meth. Right. Um. Yeah, it seems like it's, it's always like in some trailer park when these explosions happen and it's like some hillbilly. And yeah. you're like, what, I, what was this idiot thinking? We have a friend who lives in a very rural area, and like all of his neighbors cook meth. It's so weird. Yeah, I would move. <laughs> He's working on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, because it, meth is more popular in rural America than yeah. it is in the city. Um, so uh, there are risks to doing meth. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, it with injection there's the risk of hiv and hepatitis b and c and also um 
if you're doing meth while you have HIV, HIV actually causes more nerve damage and cognitive problems. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have HIV and you plan on living, um, don't do meth because apparently meth makes the HIV worse. Yeah. Um, okay. It makes everything worse. Well, yeah. Everything but beaten off. All right. <laughs> hey, and weight loss. If and you're weight trying loss. to drop yeah, a few. Yeah. Um, okay. So meth causes extreme weight loss. Did that happen for you? Well, you don't eat. Yeah. You know, so yeah. You're um I was probably around um I was probably about 15 or 20 pounds lighter than I am right now. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. I that's I was trying to do it like cat like recreationally, let's say. Mm-hmm. So I would try to do it like on weekends, but then the thing is it would end up going for like 3 days or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'd be and then you have like so if I did it after partying on a Friday and then it's like Monday I'm just going through hell. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of the way I did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's you you lose weight because you're just not. It's like Coke. When you're on Coke, the last thing you're thinking is, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat a cheeseburger right now. Yeah, I had a friend with a really bad eating disorder who would do meth. Like if she wanted to drop five pounds, uh-huh. she'd just do meth for a weekend. Yeah. Um, not the best I don't recommend that. One time she went behind a dumpster to buy meth from a drug dealer, but it turned out he also had a bike for sale back there. And so, because I couldn't find her, and I was asking everyone where she was, and they Uh said, oh, she went behind that dumpster with some shady dude. Right. And then she came out with a bicycle, and I asked her what was (laughs) up, and she said, well, I went back there to buy meth, but he also had this bicycle so i bought the bicycle instead and i i was very thankful that that was the decision she made (laughs) is there ever uh she went behind a dumpster and you said with a shady dude is it ever not it's like she went behind a dumpster perfect gentleman Mm -hmm. sold her a bike yeah (laughs) no never that oh man um and she was so funny she's like i feel really bad because i know it's stolen but right it's a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deal's a deal. Um, okay, so meth can cause extreme weight loss, addiction, obviously, meth mouth, which we'll get to later, yeah. itching, um, and causing sores from the scratching. Oh, real quick. So that's why I gained so much weight. So I gained, like, when I got clean off of that, um, I was just eating crap for a while, mm-hmm. and it was almost like... Oh yeah, food. And so my body I think just stored it in a way that like I don't it just held on to everything. So I gained like a hundred pounds or so. Like I gained so much weight in a year. Um Well, that's really common with recovering addicts yes. because uh food, particularly high fat and high sugar food, causes a dopamine release. So if you are used to doing drugs, which cause a dopamine release, mm. and you get off of drugs, um, the sober way to get high is um, with sugar and fats. And so I'll, I'll, it's pretty standard for sober people um, because usually they have lower serot. Like if you're an addict to begin with, there was something wrong with you, right? right. And so you probably had low dopamine, low serotonin, and then you use this drug that enhanced 
that, but also burnt out those receptors, which is why when you get sober, you can be depressed for a long time because you burn out your fucking neurotransmitter receptors that, you know, absorb the fucking good feels. And so you end up chasing this dragon. And if you're sober, the only thing you have left is sugar. Is it as simple as that? Is is that addicts are just... um. Uh, just low on on dopamine and serotonin and if they had that they wouldn't be going after these well it's very it's i mean it's it's complex but like usually there is something wrong with their life as well it can be an avoidant behavior a soothing Uh behavior and who's to say if they had this neurotransmitter deficiency before the addiction but after the addiction you do um uh, it's really bad for heroin like for I, that's why I'm like opiates are so bad yeah. and not just the danger of overdose and the danger of fentanyl, but because when you get sober off of them, you are going to have severe clinical depression and it can take six months to two years to start to lift. Yeah. And like, that's really, really hard. Um, and it's what drives people back to the drugs, even after the chemical addiction has been broken. But like, you just feel fucking terrible yeah. and you want to feel okay. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so there's this uh, thing actually at the Phoenix Science Center that um, it shows the human brain and it shows like the pleasure center in it. And um, it has a normal brain and an addict brain. And so it'll show like a normal brain what happens when you experience a kiss right. and an addict brain what happens. And like a normal brain, the pleasure center lights up and in the addict brain, it's like just a flicker. Right. And so it's it's a really good visualization of how, you know, drug addiction can reduce your ability to feel pleasure in anything, you know. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, you feel like fucking shit and you're like, well, there's one thing that makes me feel better and it's drugs. Right. Um, so. Uh, OK, so, yes, meth can also cause anxiety. Changes in brain structure and function, confusion, memory loss, sleeping problems, obviously. Violent behavior, paranoia, hallucinations. I think that's it on this list. Um, It causes, oh, here we go. So it causes changes in the dopamine system, and it's associated with reduced coordination and impaired verbal learning. And then long-term use of meth affects your emotion and memory. And some changes can they can reverse after long term sobriety, but others don't. Um, there's also an increased risk of developing Parkinson's disease and damage to the central nervous system, serotonin neuron, neurons, and reduced gray matter. So it's real bad for your brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, worse than I would think than like heroin. Even heroin's more physically addictive, or is is meth is is more um, mentally. Um, yeah, I knew a sober, like she'd been a bad, bad meth addict. Mm -hmm. And when I met her, she'd been sober for a long time, but you could definitely tell that she had, it's, it's hard to describe, but like, you can tell when someone used to be a meth addict. Yeah. There, we were watching something uh, that unbelievable show. One of the characters on there where you're like, oh yeah, she looks like she's, or no, maybe you said the roles she plays she are plays usually meth. like a yeah meth addict or something. Um, well, yeah, it's a very specific kind of look. Well, and this woman, it wasn't just the look; it was her personality. Yeah, she I know almost what you mean. was like a shell. 
Like you could tell like something had been stolen from her. Right. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, there was a, it was a, there was a sadness about it. Um, it's unknown if you can get high from secondhand meth smoke, but it can cause you to test positive for meth. Oh, wow. Do you think people can get secondhand high? Um, so like if you're sitting right here or if we're in just like a, a car. Yeah. If we're clam baking. Like, right. Uh, I, I would think so because it's pretty strong, you know, I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of studies being done on this cause they're right. not like, Hey, sit in this room and inhale this secondhand smoke. Um, yeah. I would think if you're in a car, you got to breathe and if the, yeah, if you're inhaling it in, in one way or another that you're going to get some sort of a high. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I don't even like when I inhale people's fucking vape smokes. When people are just smoking, it's not even the tobacco. It's just like the juice. Right. Yeah. Like, can you not do that in public? Number one, it's embarrassing for you that you, the boxes that have all the tubes coming out of them. Right. Right. Just like, that seems like a lot. Yeah. And also, there are no clear laws on whether or not you can do that indoors. So I can't kick them out by saying it's against the law but when people do it in my bar i get mad yeah because like i don't i'm inhaling that smell i don't know what that is right i don't like it i think it's probably fine yeah it's just embarrassing for the person right um so you can overdose on meth and 15 yeah. percent of overdose deaths in the u.s involve meth 50% of those also include an opioid. So people are kind of speedballing it. Okay. And 50% of that 50% involved <laughs> fentanyl. Going all Bernie Sanders on yeah. me. <laughs> so 50%. Um, so 15% of all of the uh, overdoses, you're saying? Involve meth. Involve meth. And of that, 25% is... Um, with an opiate yeah okay um and then uh overdose can cause stroke heart attack or organ problems so when first responders come across a meth overdose they treat the stroke or the heart attack or the organ problems right um meth withdrawal causes anxiety fatigue severe depression psychosis and intense cravings yeah <laughs> all checks i mean i would just get so much alcohol before i would do that and mm -hmm. that kind of helped me i thought at the time was just like all right i'm a little bit paranoid uh losing my shit a little bit let's just uh take a huge swig of vodka <laughs> can that does that make you nauseous thinking about how yes. you lived life like it's that? embarrassing to even talk about but i think a part of me podcasting and having bored and sober and stuff is kind of just being open about and th believe me i'm holding a lot back but you know but uh just say like i i was there i lived that shit um but yeah it's it's crazy it's weird sometimes i think we talked about it recently how so as a sober person, you look at, like, I look at the alcoholics that I see at my job, and I'm like, they're just stumbling from one life catastrophe to another, yeah. but all these problems are caused by alcohol. Yeah. Like, they're in trouble at work for showing up late or missing work, or they're arguing with their spouse. Like, and at the root of all these issues 
is alcohol and so it's yeah. just like just take alcohol out of the equation and I it'll be easier could not see that for the life of me at the time i knew that when i every time that i i got meth that i was drunk when it happened mm -hmm. but then I'll, sometimes and i think i have no people that have had this issue with coke where they're like yeah it's like more and more lately every time i do coke or every time i go out drinking i get coke mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it kind of creeps in it's real insidious like that and that's how it happened with me for meth and um so but it didn't happen every time so i was like okay i'll just drink i won't get super ripped and if i do just don't get meth that's it yeah. just get just get drunk as shit and slowly but surely i kind of stopped and i i think i had like two uh relapses or whatever but they were just like a, a weekend and then i was like fuck you know but i uh i kicked it it's it took having a little bit of sobriety under my belt like i'm talking like a month without it to be like okay i can see that things i'm starting to put things back together mm -hmm. again and i can see what life would be like without it and and thank god but i do not know how i did that still drinking Mm -hmm. I think it just never occurred. I was like, well, surely drinking's not the problem. It's yeah. the meth. Okay. Drinking is acceptable. And I think also I was like, I tried to rationalize drinking in a way. I was like, well, yeah, drinking is legal and everyone does it. And I can still do that. Yeah. So yeah, dude, just learn to just love drinking and just be out and about with that. And I was, and that was like, yeah, it was actually, uh, a really happy time once yeah. I got off of that because um I reconnected with some other friends and stuff and they're like yeah man you're just same old Zach they're like actually like actually better than I remember <laughs> you know but uh, it's just my life at that period was just I'd go to work from like noon to nine get off go get drunk with my friends repeat and it just I just had no worry it was just a really fun but I yeah. was in my you know young my early 20s when you can kind of do that shit um but yeah i would i would say uh to anybody else do not try to drink while you're trying to kick another habit because usually it, it is sort of a gateway well that's what i had a, a friend saying i never called my heroin dealer sober or i never yeah. you know but what i was gonna say was even though a lot of times you go okay you you have these problems and if you quit drinking, your life would be easier because obviously your alcoholism is causing your problems. Right. But I think recently you and I had a conversation about how when you're an addict, your life is in a lot of ways simpler uh -huh. because you're just dealing with immediate needs. Uh -huh. Like you need to get the substance. And then when you're hungover, it's just, listen, you are not worried when you are drunk or hungover. Like you are not worried about, oh, I need to pay that bill or I need to get my oil changed. You're just like, I need a fucking burrito. I need right. Gatorade. Like, you, cause you are, cause you're making yourself sick. Yeah. It's just like when you have the flu. When you have the flu, everything around you ceases to exist because you just, you simply are not in a state to deal with you're it. It's like electrolytes. Yeah. You just need your Pedialyte and to sleep. And so, like, I, I think it was in the Phantom Thread where his wife makes him sick. 
and mm. then he, it connects them because he's vulnerable because yeah. he's used to being this powerful man I and need then to see this movie and so he kind of like he kind of likes being reduced to this state yeah. right because it's a break from being so powerful and in control uh-huh. is to be reduced to being sickly and like th- I, that is how i picture you know being an addict or abusing substances is you reduce yourself to a sickly version of yourself and you aren't worried you aren't worried about that essay that's due or you know doing your dishes you can't you simply cannot because you are sick yeah i remember when everything else was crumbling around me but i was like all right it's just if they would just pick up the phone and get you know get over here and bring it to me and when they did, and it was just like, ha, <laughs> like yeah. it was the best thing. And but, but yeah, the thing is, when you still have all the other problems, because th- you're just not equipped to deal with anything else. Yeah, they're waiting for you. They're that's why it's like, the sooner you get sober, the better, because right. your problems are stacking up and waiting for you. Right, especially if you know whatever your living situation is yeah you still have to pay rent you have to yeah it's there's no way to to sustain this unless you're charlie fucking sheen and even that (laughs) yeah but yeah you can't avoid reality for forever so um but it is it sucks you know i really wanted to (laughs) oh me too (laughs) um but yeah me fucking too Mm -hmm. um so okay so meth mouth Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into it. Uh, one article said, uh, meth mouth often <laughs> referred to a dentist's worst nightmare. Oh. Um, and it basically involves severe tooth decay and gum disease. Mm-hmm. Um, the teeth fall out and break. Uh, the teeth of meth users are often black and stained, rotting, crumbling, falling apart. Um, meth users typically have dry mouth, locked jaw, teeth grinding, micro cavities, and bad breath. And part of it is uh, forgetting to brush yeah. and sugary foods that are involved in meth use. But the other hand of it, because you go, there's got to be something more. Because uh-huh. I have I may have once lived with an aut- autistic person who they don't like to brush their teeth. Right. And, uh, and, and he ate a lot of sugary foods and like th- his teeth weren't meth level bad. Right. He had some red gums. Yeah, there's some. There must be something in it that um, makes promote, it worse. Yeah, um, there is. Yeah. So it says the acidic components of meth often erode and weaken teeth because meth can meth production can uh, involve battery acid, drain cleaner, <laughs> antifreeze, lantern fluid, and these will destroy the body and corrode the mouth. Um, but also, meth dries out the salivary glands, and um, this is something that's Drink water, guys. Drink water. Because having dry mouth is really bad for your teeth. Your mouth produces more bacteria. There's going to be more decay if your mouth is dry. It's actually a problem that happens with bulimics as well is they get dry mouth and that the bulimic tooth decay isn't just from the stomach acid. A huge portion of it is caused by the dry mouth and all the bacteria involved in that. So, um, Listen, even if you aren't bulimic or doing drugs, drink some fucking water. It never hurt anybody. Keep your mouth wet because um, saliva is your friend. There you go. Um, meth skin. Yeah. Did you ever use it often enough to get bad skin or no? I already, I still had acne. Yeah. From a teenager. So. How could you tell? Right. Yeah. So it, this wasn't helping. Yeah. 
I think it, it makes you kind of itchy and stuff. So you get that where it looks like you've been picking at your skin, you know? Yeah. I read this article that was written for doctors that said, if a patient comes to you with a case of recalcitrant scabies, it might not be because the scabies treatment isn't working. It might be because they don't have scabies. They have meth mites. <laughs> meth I knew uh, a friend of mine, she goes, yeah, I can never be addicted to meth because i already scratch my skin a lot so i would just i go that's the reason though that's <laughs> yeah if it wasn't for that i'd love it you <laughs> know well that's like i was like i never would have quit drinking if alcohol was calorie free i would never have quit drinking that was the thing that got me and kept me sober was i didn't want that's not that so my funny. not that my life was a mess i mean listen i I didn't have the consequences of drinking yet yeah. that a lot of drunks I know have. Mm. It was more just that I was fat. Um, I had mine thing was just if there was no hangovers, you know, then I would have. But I wasn't concerned about the calories. I met this one girl, though, who was like, yeah, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Like she was very she wore it like a badge of honor. And I was like, yeah, but you have to go to work like early like that. And she goes, I, I love the hangovers. I was like, wait, what? She likes said that she liked being hung over. Well, it's like I said, it's limiting, right? You don't have to worry. You're not going to go, should I get into yoga? <laughs> you're yeah, just but going I mean, because you can't, but you're like physically weak and your mind's not fine. You're just makes, all around. And then you're in just a bad you, state. You, you're not as mad about stuff at work because you're just focused on, I need some crackers. Yeah, I need because it's it, you're in survival she, mode. That's she what it was is like super like, oh, Bukowski, Doug Stanhope. Like, yeah. so I think she was just trying to like um, romanticize alcoholism. That's what I think. That's what we all did when we were alcoholics. I didn't really. Oh, I, I was... just like I just liked the way that it made me feel at the time. I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Uh, mine, yeah, mine was definitely like I'm an artist and I'm a downtown person. I just and this don't is... get that, man. That's what that's what annoys me about uh, alcohol and a lot of things so much is that people that just like think that it makes them cooler or something. Oh, I wanted to be the chicks on AbFab. Like that's who I thought I was. I'm like, just stop the brain from being the way it is right now. <laughs> you know, and that's what was. Uh, Every other drug. Yeah. The only reason I didn't like um, hallucinogens and pot is because that that almost made me feel more yeah. myself. I would get, and then, but the other things were more of an escape. Well, like, that's why they don't. That's why hallucinogens don't have people don't get addicted to them because they aren't escape. Right, tools. right. They're they're actually things if you want to do like some hardcore introspection and self discovery. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate myself. Can we do something else? Man. Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I talked about this with uh, Paris on a recent episode, yeah. but I was like, sometimes I like to get super high on edibles, and then I like hysterically laugh at myself for how sad I am. Uh -huh. Like it's almost like it puts my depression into a, a perspective of being comedic where i'm just like you're so fucking sad no. <laughs> that's what's up with that i'm dating 
A psychopath. <laughs> I'm joking, uh, a baby. Psychopath. I'm, I love I'm, you. I'm the most sane person you've ever dated. Well, definitely you are the most sane person in this room if you've been listening to the last. <laughs> 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 and again, I'm holding so much back. I'm like, I'll just let her talk. I don't have to reveal too much. Um, all right. So meth, meth mites. Um, so apparently picking like compulsively picking at your skin is called formication. And uh, people. Dream of Californication. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, meth can cause you to have delusions of parasites. And for um, some people, it doesn't feel like bugs. They say it feels like the drug is coming out of their skin. Um, and they'll pick at their skin and tear the flesh. And then they'll get secondary infections of staph or strep. Or there'll be multiple infections in the same sore. Dude, I never had any of that thing. God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, IV site infections can be caused by dirty needles, but also the stuff that meth is made with can cause skin abscesses. Yeah. Um, and the byproducts of manufacture are irritating to the skin and can cause lesions or rash. So if you're in like a house where it's being manufactured, that's bad. Uh-huh. Um, you can for get, a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, you can get burns on or around your mouth from the pipe. That's yeah. really common. Um and then here's the real reason. So these are like, so I, I've heard all these reasons before and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense for the meth skin. But here's these reasons that make more sense and what makes meth unique to causing bad skin. Um, stimulants constrict blood vessels and it reduces blood supply to the skin, which can make your skin dry and scaly. And then you pick at it because you're on meth. Yeah. Um, uh, meth is water soluble which means you sweat it out so it coming out of your pores can cause sores and then you pick it on and it makes them worse yeah um and also the dehydration um will cause a rash or acne and then it gets picked out so there are like chemical reasons that are causing the skin right to not be good and then the meth causes you to pick yeah because i i had picked at things before but they weren't make believe things it was like oh i got this you know how i pick it like if you have a piece of dead skin or oh, what he loves i because I, I sometimes get uh, whiteheads on my back and they just dry up and fall off they're like so minuscule but if i like yeah come across it i'll deal with it and that's kind of the way it was on meth for me but then it would you get a little bit carried away yeah you, you know but i that was never so much my thing remember uh, when we watched um uh, intervention the heroin triangle yes. season and that one girl um they got their tax refund or whatever so they had a bunch of money so they they bought a bunch of drugs and got a hotel room yeah, like heroin meth everything yeah. yeah and so she had this kit that she laid out like her skin picking kit yeah that had like tweezers and needles and like she had it was a, it was a system yeah tiffany was her name yeah yeah and she, billy billy and tiffany, billy and tiffany. Yep. i love i love that the other day i forgot the dog's name and i was like yeah you know give what's his name his medication uh-huh. and then people on intervention from a year ago i'm like oh billy and tiffany <laughs> <laughs> but they were unforgettable honestly um i was a good uh uh little stretch of of intervention there i don't know what you call that it was like half a season was devoted to that the heroin triangle yeah um yeah check it out for sure we loved it um so the last thing i have is like a little history of meth sure 
um, because it was invented or discovered in 1893 by this Japanese chemist. In 1932, amphetamine under the name Benzedrine became an over-the-counter medication that was used for asthma, narcolepsy, and weight loss. And then during World War II, methamphetamine pills were used to keep troops awake on all sides. Yeah. Um, and they would give high doses to kamikaze pilots. Like, here's a bunch of meth. Go kill yourself. Yeah. Um, and they also would give it to, in Japan, they gave it to factory workers. So they would work longer hours right. making shit for the war. Um, in the 1950s, Benzedrine got popular under the name Benny's, and it's like what the beat generation was into. Okay. Um, I'm going to take some Benny's and write some poems. And there you go. Man. <laughs> um, <Groovy>. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1959, regulation changed where you were, it required a prescription, um, to get Benzedrine. In 1970, methamphetamine was outlawed in the United States. And in the 1980s, uh, regulations were tightened uh, so you couldn't buy ephedrine, which was the precursor to make meth. And yeah. that's when labs switched to using pseudoephedrine, uh, which is in cold medicine. And apparently it's a lot cheaper than uh, ephedrine was. Yeah. So it made things cheaper for them. Um, and then from 1994 to 2004, usage in the U.S. went from 2% to 5%. So that's when we saw this meth explosion in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's uh, when I, yeah. You were, yeah, you were hip. You were a hip cat. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it more than doubled uh, during those years. And uh, it became a problem. Yeah. And people still do it, which is weird, too. It's like one of those things where you go, OK, but, but like now that we all pretty much know what it does. Nobody does it now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as popular um, like with with teenagers and stuff. I think they are kind of into other drugs. They yeah, they like um, benzos. Is that that's like Xanax? No, I know that, but that's what they're into. Yeah, that's what they like that stuff. And pot's always pot's hip. Pot, everybody always likes pot. Uh, cocaine, probably a little bit. I don't know. Is ecstasy still? Yeah, people love MDMA. People love yeah, MDMA. They love acid. They love mushrooms, um, and they love benzos. I guess I'm surprised to hear that, um, like high school kids are into acid. Young people are in, they're expanding their mind more. Um, yeah. That's why I like young people. <laughs> this tr current current crop of youngsters, I feel like they have like a higher emotional intelligence yeah. than any generation previously at that age. And yeah, they're they're really into psychedelics, which I support use of. So, because you're so cool. I'm uh, just everyone's hip auntie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stay away from meth for sure. Yeah, don't. You'll get that meth mouth. Uh, I got out of it with with no nothing, right? Yeah. I got my chompers. Yeah, you got your chompers. Um. So there was another way that you can that I I did it before. Did you booty bump it? No, I did not booty bump it. Uh, it's called Hot Rails. Do you know what that is? No. So Hot Rails. So um, this one place I used to, I used to sell like a very minuscule amount, and this one house I went to, there, I would just sell it to them, and then we would just do it together. Uh, but they would get out like a fucking blowtorch and heat up like one end of a glass dick, 
but without the bulb at the end. So it's just like a tutor, like a glass tutor. Okay. So you heat up one end of it, and then you stick, you snort out of the other end a line. But it's hot. You don't put the hot end in your nose. Yeah. Just not being very clear about so that. So you, you're snorting it while inhaling fumes. Uh, so they, they light it. They take away the blowtorch. Uh-huh. So you have one end that's still piping hot. The other end, you use that to snort a line off the glass or whatever um, or table. And then when after you snort it, you can blow out like a huge cloud of smoke. Out of your nose? Out of your mouth. Okay, the pipe is. Hold on. Yeah. The pipe is hot. Right. It's a but hot, it's not a pipe. It's a. It's glass. a tutor. Yeah. So one end of that is hot because you've heated it up with a blowtorch. Uh huh. Oh. And you put the not hot end to your nostril. Mm-hmm. You snort the line. Just like a normal, like, like you a would normal normally. line. But because it's hot, when you open your mouth, you exhale smoke. Yes. And it's called a hot rail. And that's like cool. It got me really fucked up. I did that a handful of times. And yeah, I liked that a lot. I, do don't you, do it. Do you, then, <laughs> do you then like kiss a chick and like, you know how you do that with pot? Yeah. And it's like cool. I've, I've done that. Yeah. Do you do that with meth? I've done that before. You've done that with meth? Mm-hmm. Stop it. I, yeah. Stop. Now, was that after a hot rail or after smoking it? After smoking it. That's so romantic. Uh, I didn't initiate it. This was just some broad, and I was just. Did near. you finger banger? Oh, we we didn't do anything after that. Just that, that was as far she as she just that wanted went. you for the mess. Uh, yeah, I had very little game, thankfully, during my. Well, I mean. I'm, I wish I got a little bit m- more sex, you know, from the drug days. That's what's supposed to go with it, right? Yeah. But I had like zero sex from <laughs> my druggy days. So I was just too focused on drugs, I think. I mean, listen, that is unfortunate for you, but I am happy that you've had limited you sexual, en- limited drug fueled sexual encounters. Yeah. And then a, a few drunken, but who doesn't have those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some some dozens dr- drunken one night stands, but no, not a lot of the the drug fueled ones. So, um, but yeah, that's a hot reel. Uh, Calexico, it's a band from Tucson out here. Uh, they have an an album or an EP called Hot Rail, and I was like, is that why? Or <laughs> I didn't know because I knew that they had this album, but then when I found out yeah. what those are, I'm like, oh, like the Calexico album, and then this would happen always with junkies that I was with. I'm like, all oh, right, like Calexico. They're like, who? <laughs> I'm like, I'm surrounded by people who don't, we don't have anything in no. common. We'll keep it to drugs. They like sublime. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was, that was all drugs where I was just like around people that I had nothing <laughs> in common with. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what you're not doing when you're doing math. All day yeah. is going record shopping. You're not. No. You're not getting into new music. Uh, I did. I went uh, with these guys once. We went to um, like an abandoned abandoned uh, warehouse, and we t- stole like copper wire from there. 
No, you didn't. Yeah. And uh Were you riding a bike that was way too small for you? No, no. It was I was driving my truck. That's the only reason they needed me. Dude, I there were so many times where I was just the guy with the vehicle and it never clicked. The with truck me. I'm driving now? No, 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 no. This is this is a few vehicles ago. Okay. Yeah, this is forever ago. Um but uh yeah, I actually it's kind of surreal looking back, but I remember I was playing the Fight Club soundtrack, which is done by the Dust Brothers, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's so yeah, it felt like we were a part of uh, Project Mayhem, like breaking into this thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a lot of like methy adventures like that. Oh my god, it's so it's so wild because like I know Me. who you are now. Right. Um, I share my life with you. Uh-huh. And it's so weird to like think of you being that person. Yeah, like just breaking into buildings for copper wire and then just getting enough money to like just get split it between me and the other th- three guys I was yeah. with just to get high. It reminds me there's this movie called Jesus's Son, which uh, it's also a book, but uh, Billy Crudup uh, plays this this junkie and. He links up with Dennis Leary, who's also a junkie in it. And Dennis Leary, like, takes him to this house to steal copper wire out of there for money. And Billy Crudup's like, how much money are we going to get from this, do you think? He goes, enough to go to sleep drunk tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I saw this movie after, again, after I had done that. And um, I, I was like, oh, that's like I did. Actually, maybe... I may have seen the movie before, and maybe that's why I was having so much fun yeah. doing it. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, just like that. <laughs> just like the movie. But, yeah, it's. I mean, I can laugh about it now. I hope nobody is thinking, like, uh, taking things the wrong way. Like, oh, yeah, I'll just do some hot rails. Just don't, <laughs> and, don't do any of this. Yeah, this is. Make yourself a healthy dinner. Sit down. Read a book. I fucking read a book. Pick Listen up to a pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that podcast listeners are you know probably also doing meth but you never fucking know. yeah um so yeah stay away from that uh it it is hard the hardest part um was was once i heard that it, it takes six months to yeah like your brain to start functioning the way or it'll start to re- really rebuild itself you're mm-hmm. still it's still in your system in a way i forget the w- exact way i heard it but it takes like six months so it's like two or three days for you to pee it out of you know what i mean you'll yeah you, you won't come up dirty after like three days i think something yeah like it that. metabolizes out really quick but it's still like in your fucking brain for six months uh i think um so yeah it takes a while to put the pieces back together after that one but thankfully it's not physically addictive so if you can just cut off all ties you know and sequester yourself mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know that's about do you have anything else about it that's it all right um now people know way more than i want them to know about me but oh people well. like that okay people want to connect with you you're welcome <laughs> all right happy, <laughs> happy hump day everyone <laughs> <laughs>